Welcome, welcome. I'm Kyle Rada, and once again, I'm presenting my top 10 albums of the year. I'll play some clips, I'll tell you some things about the artists, and I hope that you'll check out anything that sounds good. My buddy told me last year, I listened to your podcast, but I didn't know any of the music. But that's totally fine. It just means there's more of a chance you'll find something new that you'll like. So anyway, to the list. Number 10. This is a band from Chicago. They're called Horse Girl, and the album is Versions of Modern Performance. This is Horse Girl's debut, and they are real young. They're still teenagers, and apparently there was actually a slight rush to get this album finished before they went off to college. My first thought when I heard them was, wow, they sound a lot like Sonic Youth. And yeah, sure enough, the first thing I found when I googled them was that they bonded over Sonic Youth, who are an 80s band about 40 years before their time. You can see a lot of the influence in the music with their heavy guitars, um, a lot of layers, a ton of distortion. But one thing that I think Horse Girl actually does better, or that I like more, is that the vocals are so much more melodic. You probably noticed that the production is super lo-fi, which I guess shouldn't be a surprise for a debut album by a bunch of teenagers. But at first, the production quality actually kind of turned me off. Uh, Still kind of does. Um, Some people like that rawness, but for me, it's kind of holding these songs back a bit. The more I listened, I started to appreciate the songwriting and the music more, which are really strong. But I think next time working with a different producer could add some gloss and some tightness that would make this music stand out even more. All right, next up at number nine, the artist is Beach House, the album Once Twice Melody. So Beach House are a duo who've been around for a long time, making what's usually classified as dream pop, which is basically hypnotic, trancey, ethereal rock music. If you know the 90s band My Bloody Valentine, they're kind of thought to be the pinnacle of this genre. So now I'm going to play a quick game with you. I'm going to play a clip of some vocals from this band, 
and you're going to guess if it's being sung by a man or a woman. Here we go. So if you guessed female, ding, 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 you are correct. Somebody falsely told me about eight years ago that it was a male who did the vocals, and I'd been incorrectly picturing this in my head until I Googled it like literally two weeks ago when I was prepping for this podcast. Not that it really matters, but Beach House do have this otherworldly quality, and I do think that the androgyny of the singer kind of adds to this. Now this album is a long one. (laughs) It's a double album and it clocks in at 84 minutes. So I do think this is a great album if you're already into Beach House. Um, But if you're not, it might be pretty overwhelming (laughs) to start with. If you haven't heard them before, I definitely recommend starting with their 2012 album called Bloom. That one is much tighter. And then if you like that, you can come back and try this one, Once Twice Melody, after that. All right, let's keep this going. At number eight, we have Arcade Fire with their album called We. All right, Arcade Fire, kind of a throwback here, um, and a comeback of sorts. So if you know this band, their first three albums are thought to be pretty much perfect by their fans. Uh, Their fourth album, Reflector, was more polarizing, but I thought it was great. Then, after that, they completely fell off a cliff with 2017's album called Everything Now. That one was so ham-fisted and self-important, trying to talk about the problems that technology causes in the 21st century. Um, It's kind of like OK Computer, but with zero nuance to it. Basically, it was so hated that it isolated their whole fan base. But then this album, they sort of go back to their basics. It's more authentic and more earnest, which is what people loved about Arcade Fire in the first place.
But now we get to the bad stuff. Unfortunately, in August, their singer Wynn Butler was accused of sexual misconduct by some college-aged fans. It wasn't Harvey Weinstein or R. Kelly-level stuff, but some definite creepiness. The band kept touring, but a lot of fans were asking for their money back, and their opening acts kept quitting. Basically, a lot of the goodwill for Arcade Fire, and for we as this comeback album, have gone away since then. I've talked in the past on podcasts about whether you can separate art from the artist when it comes to Kanye West um, and Michael Jackson. For me, the news did change the way that I think about the singer, but not necessarily the whole band. It's hard to know where to draw the line. So yes, I do recommend listening to and enjoying this album, We, but I wouldn't go out of my way to give them money by going to live shows or buying merch. Guys, can't you just stop being creepy and make everyone's lives so much easier? Okay, moving along from that, we have Let's Eat Grandma, <laughs> the artist, with the album Two Ribbons. Two Ribbons is the newest album from the ridiculously named Let's Eat Grandma. They've been on my radar since they debuted as 17-year-olds back in 2016. And that album was all over the place, and they made some wild decisions. And real quick, I do want to take a second and play for you the best rap that I've ever heard from a white British female high schooler that was from that album. The water's contaminated with a peculiar illusion Intoxicated with an electric infusion It's desiccated, whatever attractive and music Or syncopated, cause I remember where to go Getting in the zone, move your body And I hit my hip bone, and it was like yo Sick Anyway, musically they've been growing And pushing forward ever since then Their follow-up is a legit great synth rock album Called I'm All Ears which I strongly recommend, like, for real. And now they have another hit with Two Ribbons. They're still in their early 20s, but man, they already sound so much more mature. The story of these two girls is that they had been best friends since they were four years old, and that they were inseparable and had this, like, a mind meld with each other. But apparently... They started drifting apart before making this album, and that made the writing process much tougher than it had been before. Now, the genius thing that they did is they used this strain in their relationship as a topic to write about in their songs, which sounds obvious, but if you think about it, there aren't really a lot of songs that deal with emotions in platonic relationships. Just like it always was. 
In the end, they came up with this more mature and more adult album, which makes sense because they're actually adults now. But they do still hold on to a lot of the maximalist synths and the playfulness that they started with. Okay, next up, number six. If you thought Let's Eat Grandma was obscure, I'm about to one-up you with an even lesser-known British band. This one is called Cording, and the album simply called Guitar Music. This is the debut from Cording, who are part of this growing British post-punk scene that's kind of known for mixing elements of other genres and sometimes for this style of like half-singing, half-talking. My number one album last year, Dry Cleaning, they're a part of this movement as well. Also, Black Country New Road. Remember that name for later, by the way. What I like about Cording is that they have this really strong pop sensibility. They take a lot of what you would expect from 90s Britpop, but then they shove it through this post-punk lens. They actually have one song that they didn't really break down in that same way and kind of left it as this 90s pop hit (laughs) that you would expect. And it sounds so much like Third Eye Blind to me. You remember Third Eye Blind, right? Yeah, that was them. This one is courting. I always thought that sounded boring to me, but I don't mind. It's alright. It's been a hell of a time, and I'm making this harder. It's alright. It's been a hell of a time, and I'm making this harder for me. It's just so damn catchy. So yeah, a lot of fun stuff here. Guitar music by Cording, a really solid debut. All right, into the top five. Here's a name that you're more likely to know. I have Kendrick Lamar with the album Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. I got daddy issues, that's on me. Looking for I love you. Really empathizing for my relief. A child that grew accustomed. Jumping up when I sprayed my knee. Cause if I cried about it, he surely tell me not to be weak. Daddy issues, hit my emotions, never express myself. Man should never show feelings. Being sensitive never helped. His mama died, I asked him why he going back to work so There is nobody else in music like Kendrick Lamar. He does not release his albums lately. Each one has a theme and a purpose and is incredibly dense. His breakout, Good Kid, Mad City, told the story of a kid coming of age in gang-heavy Compton. If pyros and crips all got along, they probably got me down by the end of the song. After that, To Pimp a Butterfly dealt with how to use his newfound celebrity to help the struggles of the black community. I remember you was conflicted, misusing your influence. His next album, Damn, brought it to a more personal level, talking about fighting temptation and finding a moral path. 
So that takes us all the way to this year's Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. This one comes a whole five years after Dam was released, and we find Kendrick seems to have lost that battle against his temptation. This is a wild album that basically shows us Kendrick going through therapy, quite literally. He talks about sex addiction, domestic disputes, childhood abuse from his father, gender transitioning family members, and somehow he turns all of these topics into catchy songs. I know the secrets, every other rapper sexually abused. I see them daily burying their pain and chains and tattoos. So listen close before you start to pass judgment on how we move, learn how we cope. Whenever his uncle had to walk him from school, his anger grows deep in misogyny. This is post-traumatic, black families and a side of me. Today is still active, so I set free myself from all the guilt that I thought I made. So I set free my mother, all the hurt that she titled shame. So I set free my cousin, Chaotic. This album is super personal, and it seems like Kendrick just kind of needed to make it just for himself. So who knows, but hopefully we get Kendrick coming at us from a happier place next time. Okay, next up on the list at number four. This one is a self-titled album from the band Wet Leg. This one was Wet Leg's debut, and they blew up this year. At least, relatively speaking, for an indie band. Like, they even got nominated for a Grammy, for what that's worth. This band is super fun, and they have a pretty broad appeal. They don't take themselves too seriously, their songs are pretty lighthearted, without crossing into being goofy. There's something that's familiar to me about Wet Legs music. I guess they sound fresh, but without smacking you in the face all the time with new ideas and ways to be different. I personally like being smacked in the face in that way sometimes, but I realize that most other people don't. So check this one out if you're just looking for a good hang. Sometimes you just gotta jam out, you know? All right, that brings us to the top three. And it was such a hard decision this year. But number three is my guy Alex G with his newest album, God Save the Animals. Now, I am obsessed with Alex G. This guy falls somewhere in between my man crush and my spirit animal. 
And if I could give one artist that represents my taste in music, it would be him for sure. Good pop hooks played on guitar, endlessly catchy, frequently weird. So far in his career, Alex G has been super prolific. This is his ninth album, and he's only 29 years old. He's so consistent, and his songs just kind of sink in and become a part of my brain. Just like they're earworms, they're brain worms. Each one of his albums I always like from the start, and then I really dive into it, and I just keep liking it more and more the more I listen to it. I cross the field for my baby. You can be Now this dude is just so cool, he pretty much avoids the spotlight and just doesn't want to be a celebrity at all. He's basically as big of an act as you can be while still being just a normal ass guy. He has no social media presence, he just lives his life in Philadelphia and uncompromisingly does whatever he wants to do musically. Leading up to the release of this album, instead of choosing any of the super beautiful melodic songs, He chose this one to be the lead single because, quote, after a long time of not really putting stuff out, I thought it would be the most interesting choice. He basically chose to troll the music industry just for the hell of it instead of chasing, like, fame or commercial success. One thing that becomes very apparent if you listen to this whole album is his increased use of vocal manipulation. You'd think that it would add some like emotional distance to the songs, but it really doesn't. It kind of makes it seem like the project is bigger than just him. Sounds like there's a whole cast of characters all contributing to these songs, even though it's all just him (laughs) changing his voice. Anyway, Alex G is the man. If you've never listened before, this is a great one to start with. And then there's a huge back catalog of stuff you can get into. All right, just a couple left. Next up is Black Country New Road with the album Ants From Up There. Okay, maybe you remember Black Country New Road from last year's list. I had their debut album at number four. Well, even with such a short turnaround, this band has evolved like crazy since then. They were part of that new British post-punk scene that I mentioned earlier with the band Courting. But on this new album, it seems like they've already moved past that. 
I loved their old sound, but I'll admit that it was pretty abrasive. <laughs> and sometimes it felt like teenagers just going for shock value. But the new one, Ants From Up There, is very sentimental and often can be quiet. Black Country New Road is made up of a lot of classically trained musicians, and they seem way more confident now in what they're doing. Now this band is very close and collaborative with each other, and this time they chose to emphasize capturing the feeling of playing together in the recordings. They recorded each song just a handful of times in the studio, and the versions we hear on the album are pretty much uncut and have very little post-production done to them. So what we hear is very similar to how they heard it and felt it during the recording. So the singer's name is Isaac Wood, and his voice is such a big aspect of the band's sound. And shocking news came out that this singer would be quitting the band for mental health reasons just four days before the album was released. So Black Country New Road never toured this material, and they've said that they will never perform it live out of respect to him. So we have this recording that just stands alone as the one singular version of these songs that we'll ever get. The band will keep going with one of the girls in the band stepping up and taking on singing duties, but who knows how their future will play out at this point. So I actually feel super lucky that we get this collection of songs, because we'll probably never get anything like it again. Alright guys, we made it to number one. The album. It's a long album with an even longer title. The band is Big Thief. And the album is called Dragon New Warm Mountain. I believe in you. Big Thief is another band I've had high on my list before. They're consistently great, but this year they just totally outdid themselves, diving deeper into every aspect of their sound. They've always had some elements of folk, but their folk got folkier. Their moodiness got moodier. (laughs) 
their experimentality got even more experimental. But overall, the most surprising thing about this album is that all of these different elements actually work together and can coexist in one collection and somehow not feel out of place. This is a double album, and they actually recorded the songs in four different locations across the U.S. Adrian Lenker is the singer and the songwriter, but the instrumental parts of the songs are fully collaborative. The band members are known for being exceptionally close to each other, and their press photos have actually become kind of a meme. (laughs) If you haven't seen them, they're hilarious. They're like four hippies, and they look like adults somehow wearing their siblings' hand-me-downs. But in these photos, they're often hugging or in some big cuddle puddle of some sort, and just completely unselfconscious. And their music basically follows this, being vulnerable and authentic at all times. Big Thief really haven't put out a bad album yet, and they only seem to be getting better in recent years. Even though it's long, Dragon New Warm Mountain is just excellent from start to finish. Alright guys, thank you so much for listening and for indulging me. I really hope that you check out some of these artists if anything appealed to you. And as always, hit me up if you have recommendations, or if you think I missed something on the list. I love talking about music. But anyway, have a great year. See you next time.